Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 291 of We Podcast and We Know Things, where we recap all of the week's nerdy news. Nine more to 300, baby. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me, as almost always, the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matora. Let's talk, my friend. Mm, don't know. Lalo, let's talk. Oh, got nice it, yeah. and easy. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Was... Nice and easy. Let's go. All right, everybody. Two, uh, 291, nine more to the episode 300 countdown, which will, <laughs> if we don't take any breaks or weeks off between now and episode 300, episode 300 will release September 16th, 2022, a.k.a. My five-year wedding anniversary. Holy crap. I know. Look at, look at that. <laughs> I know. It's wild. So I'm telling wow. you now that week, Sam, I'd like well, to record te- on te- Wednesday. Ash, tell Ash, we're busy. <laughs> I'd, like to, I'd like to record Wednesday that week, the 14th, no just to put no that problem. out there now. But no yeah, problem. that's that's how wild this podcast has been for us. We're about to turn six, and our 300th episode, at least mainline, We'll come out. I was going to say, we're we're over 3.30, but it's remaining. It's it's, it's a big deal. How about this? How about this? Total episodes. This episode being published now will be our 378th piece of content. Holy shit. I didn't even realize it was that much. Now, that includes, we do bonus episodes for E3, two of them a year, and all of our interviews. And it includes the brief time where we had Sean and Ryan. Uh, releasing episodes under our umbrella. Oh, okay, so you, okay, okay. you take mean. off about 30-ish, maybe a little bit less than 30, uh, and then you got our real number. 350. All right, I'll take that. That's yeah. impressive. We are right about 350 total episodes for us, and that is, wow, to think about it. By the time we hit episode 300, you and I will be over 350 pieces of content published together. So wow. there's a the trip down memory lane. Wow, I n- never in a million years, dude. Yeah, never in six. I didn't think we'd make it this long. Jesus, <laughs> level one, where I'm yeah. coming in three hundred. I, you know, I go back and I'll listen to episode one every now and again, and I'm like, how did we survive? And how do people <laughs> like us? I, I couldn't. God, God it's, bless you. You got to do it one day before we're done this show, whenever that may be. It's got to happen where you just go back and listen to a half hour of episode one, and you'll be like, we talk so monotone. There's no inflection. And there's some things that I've picked up on that I just laugh. It's funny. But we got our picks of the week this week. We got trivia 13.5 for me, 13 for Sam. We've been in a little bit of a rut the last couple of weeks. We can't get the motor going uh, in the trivia realm. So we're going to try and break that tonight. Uh, TV is where we're going to start. We have our full spoilers. So again, time codes, spoilers, episode, I'm sorry, season three of the boys, spoiler cast, a full recap of the season and our thoughts on it and where it's leading into season four as it has been renewed for a fourth season. Uh, We'll do our top three in that realm, top three favorite characters from the season specifically. You know, if they had a good arc, but they're like maybe a background character, like we love the deep, but his season two arc kind of sucked. So he probably wasn't landed on that list last year. This year, maybe he redeemed himself. Maybe he didn't. We'll figure that out when we get there. We have Better Call Saul, Episode 8, Point and Shoot. A hell of an episode. We're going to talk oh. about that. Again, full spoilers. We'll do that every week for the last or for the next five weeks until that show is donezo. Um, so time codes for that as well. Uh, we have Miss Marvel Final Impressions. Sam has finished the show. I'm halfway done. So, you know, 
I don't know what way we'll go there because, quite frankly, I don't give a shit if it gets spoiled for me at this point. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep it spoiler free. T- Twitter ruined it for me, so I have an uh, idea. I, mean, I have it's, an it's, idea. It's not, it, dude, they they said it prior, like so. To me, it wasn't even a big deal. Like I know exactly uh, what you're talking about. Just yeah, everyone kind yeah, of yeah. yeah, it begins with an M. So and then yeah, there's other letters after the M. Uh, we got more story. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Jesus. We got more stories after that. Only Murders in the Building. Uh, Ironheart. Lord of the Rings got its big blowout trailer. Beavis and Butthead is coming to Paramount Plus. The series, the movie's out. Do the universe or whatever. Uh, but now we have the series premiere date uh, in movies. Sam saw Thor Love and Thunder. So he's going to talk about that. Spoiler free, ladies and gentlemen. Spoiler free. Uh, Captain America 4 updates. Eternals updates. We're talking about the Eternals. In 2022, after that movie's been dead and buried for a year, uh, I wonder what we're going to have to talk about there. Before Sam takes over in gaming, where uh, a new Kirby game was announced, Bayonetta 3 got a release date, Sega Genesis is coming back into popularity, Shredder's Revenge updated its sales figures. We got a lot to talk about in the realm of gaming. Before I end it with a music impressions for Oak Rest's new record, Summer Sun, and Sam hits us with his weekly wada. So let's start where we customarily do our picks of the week. Pick of the week this week. We have a little something on Netflix. Our buddy, Billy Blue Balls Burr. I forgot about it. I got to go watch that. Yep. Shit. I got to watch that while I edit this pod tonight. Yeah, I actually, I just wanted finished it yesterday. Actually, me and Kelly was live at the Red Rocks in Colorado. I actually got to visit that a uh, little outside of the facility when I was in Colorado. It's absolutely beautiful. Next time I go, I would definitely want to plan a trip around like a you know a big artist it, that's at the Red Rocks, whether it's comedy or concert. I think Red Rocks is beautiful. Just make sure you get acclimated or you will pass out. But again, this is if you, uh, you either love or hate Bill Burr. We've, you know, you and I, we've always liked Bill Burr. Again, you know, he kind of kind of still talks about some of the same stuff, you know, cancel culture, feminism, you know, getting bad reviews by his wife. And and, and, he, and he tells the story of, of doing shrooms the first time with Dean Del Rey, which was pretty damn funny. You know, it, it, it's, it's a different it's a little different side to Bill because now he's a father of two. So I think you might relate to, to some things he says. So maybe a lot of things you may even hit way more for you than it, than it did for me. But I, I, I thought it was definitely I. I was Paper Tigers was his last one? I don't remember. Yeah, I think or Paper. I think it was Paper Tiger. Um, I this one was I enjoyed Live Redox way more than I did Paper Tiger. I don't know for what it was for that one. It didn't hit as hard for me. I just thought maybe I think maybe that's when I was kind of maybe the one in black and up. white. Was that? But was that Paper Tiger? I'm not sure. It might have been. Remember. That was the one that burnt me out. I was I was way over it, that. That might have been that or Walk Your Way Out. That might, was one of those. Um, but yeah, so I, you know, I felt like maybe it, it could have been like maybe the last two I didn't hit right. I know this one just kind of came at the right time. Maybe I, I haven't listened to Bill Burr's podcast in in over like two years. So to kind of not hear him for two years and then jump back in, you know, cause his last one was okay, 2019. So to kind of not hear him for two years and jump in with live at Red Rocks, I thought he was good. It's an hour and 20 minutes on Netflix. Obviously it's fucking rated R. It's Bill Burr. You know, you're going to hear crazy shit. Obviously, he, if you get offended easily, that you know he may not be the comedian for you, but he's always been one for me. If you got it, it's on Netflix. Bill Burr live at Red Rocks. I, I'm, I am going to. Uh, last week I said you're going to like my pick of the week, and I believe you're going to do it this week as well. Um, 
this might have been before a couple of years ago. I don't know. But I recently jumped in and 13 hours later, I'm just like, how do I not just love Pokemon Blue? Uh, I, I, you know, we, we all know it. We all know I love Pokemon. We all know oh, Gen 9 is coming. You went way back. We all know it's coming. But every now and again, I like to just jump into the old time machine. I have the original hardware, so I'm not playing on emulator. I have the cartridge for blue. I put it in our Instagram story last week, and I said time for my 5,000th playthrough. And that playthrough has been one of the most enjoyable playthroughs of a video game I have had in years because I'm not burnt out by Pokemon right now. Legends Arceus was so different and BDSP sucked so bad that to go back to something that I'm familiar with and love and can just kind of turn my brain off and enjoy feels good again. Now there's no doubt that gen one, like technically sucks. Like there's a lot wrong with that gen of Pokemon. Like psychic types are way overmatched. Like they don't have a weakness. Like you could beat the whole game with just a Kadabra. Um, Critical hits are based off of your speed stat. So like Persian is like the greatest because how fast it is, it gets so many critical hits and things like that. So it's uh, you have even on moves that have a hundred percent chance to hit, you still get a 20% chance to miss. Like it's, it's these weird things about gen one that just make you love it though. Like the fact that I have to switch train and like grind is kind of fun again when you're just turning your brain off a little bit. It's not a hard game, but like, I like that. And like the weird thing, I was going through the Safari Zone. I was catching some Pokemon and I and it said, you can't catch a Pokemon because your box is full. And I'm so used to boxes automatically switching to the next one now, which is just like the way it should be, that I forgot that in Gen 1, you had to go to the Pokemon Center and manually change your box or you couldn't catch anymore. So I wasted $500 on the Safari Zone. I have like, I got through oh, yeah. Mount Moon the rock tunnel, and I got surf all without looking up a guide because I just muscle memoried my way through. And like it's little things like that. And when you play Sword and Shield or BDSP or whatever, and you catch a Venomoth, like who gives a shit? Venomoth is whatever. It's a throwaway Pokemon. No one cares about it anymore. The 3D model is fine. I mean, Venomoth, I don't think has actually been in a game since Gen 1 or 2, but I'm just using it as an example. It will be in... In Gen 9, Venonat was in the trailer. But anyway, I, w- I ran into a Venomoth in the Safari Zone. And I was like, holy shit. A, nothing beats sprites. Like, I love 2D sprites. But, like, it's cooler when there's only 150. It makes, like, the Psyduck that you would see all over Legends Arceus and catch 20 million of cooler in Gen 1. And, like, I chose Squirtle. And to see Blastoise evolve, I have a level 41 Blastoise right now or 46, I forget what it is, but point being like, that's a cool Pokemon to have for me. I have a Lapras. I have a Dragonite on my team. I have a Snorlax on my team. Oh, I'm done. I mean, I, I beat the champion. I've, I've won the game, but like, I'm like, Hey, do I want to go back and like get all these Pokemon? I can't get the whole thing. Cause I can't link trade with anybody and I don't have red version, hard cartridge. So like there's that, but it's just fun again. And it reminded me of like, Dude, I did the missing no glitch. Holy like, shit. I know. I just put I mean, it on our Instagram I haven't Instagram even story. heard that name in 20 years. <laughs> Before we started recording, I put it on our Instagram story of like, there's no cooler feeling than putting something in your sixth slot, going to talk to the guy who teaches you how to catch a Pokemon, flying to Cinnabar, 
and surfing up the coast until you get a level zero missing no running and then getting infinite of that item or 99 to be i think it's actually 108 but whatever the number is it's just a cool feeling that that stuff still exists and not everything is online and not every game needs a patch and like this game will be this way forever and like even the re-releases they got rid of the missing no glitch when it came out on 3ds and all this stuff like Pokemon Let's Go doesn't have it. Yellow version didn't even have it. So to have something like the cartridge of blue version with Blastoise on the cover, there's just something about that nostalgia that just hits differently. Um, and so if you have it, please, please, if not, if you're if you emulate, do whatever. There's there's just something about Gen 1 that brings back all the great memories. Just pick Bulbasaur, get an Abra. You literally just catch one of the Snorlaxes on one of the routes with the Poke Flute. That's literally all you need to beat the game. Um, just train them three up. Put, you know, a, a Pidgey in there for Fly or a Rattata for Cut, whatever. That's another thing, like the HMs. And, like, you can only keep 20 items in your bag instead of infinite. So, like, I'm constantly toying away like with items or teaching tms when i don't want to or selling things i don't really want to sell but like that's what i like that item management you can throw them in your pc which i've done but like there's just things about this game that make me feel happy and special and i love it so much and like the music oh my god dude the music that's what we lived for as kids those songs have been in our lives for 26 and a half years and so just special shout out to Gen 1. It's been a pleasure to play through after 13 and a half hours, beating Gary, taking my damn sweet time. I named him Red, actually. Uh, taking my damn sweet time. I uh, I loved it. I hope you all can, too. Sam, next time you come over my house, I'm going to give you the Game Boy. Just flick it on and let you kind of just get lost a little bit for a few minutes. Dude, I, I, I can't even remember the last time I played Pokemon Red or Blue. It, it has been over 10 years. You you played a little bit of Let's Go Eevee at my house one time, but that's not the same. I mean, that's yeah, the, that's, that's the completely different. yellow. But like, it's even cooler because when I was done, I did the the missing no glitch to get infinite master balls. I didn't use my master ball, so I'm gonna go catch Mewtwo. I'll catch all the legendary birds, whatever. But I had Helena try it out because she loves Pokemon. You saw that firsthand. Yeah, um, at my house. And she loves it. So I said, hey, do you want to play some? And she takes it. Um, she just, I say, go left, go right. She understands direction, which is cool. I get her into a patch of grass and I say, go crazy. She catches a Meowth with a Master Ball. I've just been, I've oh never been gosh. more proud. It was just great. I Love loved it. it. I had so much fun. And again, if you, like us, grew up with Gen 1 or in Gen 1, go back. Go experience some nostalgia. Um, who was it on our IG? I'm going through our DMs right now. It was Sam. I believe it was Oso Asian who, uh, as when I posted that, he said, yo, I've been doing a living decks in gen one lately. I've been having so much fun. So he's actually been playing, uh, gen one as, as I have too. So wow, that's awesome. Uh, so yeah, there it is. Gen one Pokemon blue. I'm pissed. I like red because it has Scyther. I don't own red. If anybody has a copy of red in cartridge that you'd like to sell to me, uh, I would love to buy it from you. There's my pick of the week, Pokemon Blue on the Game Boy. I love it. All right. Uh, trivia time, 13 and a half for me. 13 for you in our win uh, race to 11 win by two. I'm going to give you the question 
first it's pokemon red and blue related it's oh, actually God. pokemon it's just pokemon related in general but you gotta know the game so it's gonna be a tough one for you um but you got a shot it's not the most impossible question all right hit me with it so you could really substitute any pokemon you want in this question but i'm using it I'm using this specific pokemon because it'll bring back some memories uh as you're going through the Viridian Forest in Pokemon Red and Blue, uh, you remember how sometimes you can encounter a Metapod or a Kakuna and they only know Harden? Yeah, I, I, I have a memory of that. Okay. They, they don't. You could take out your weakest shit and level up against them. Even okay, how you just beat them. Yeah. Because all they know is Harden and their defense rises. So every time a Pokemon uses a move like Harden, we'll, we'll use Harden for this example, your defense goes up a level. How many levels can your defense go up before nothing happens and the move fails? Great question. I have no idea. It is. Hold on. Hold on. To narrow it down, it's between 1 and 12. Does that help at all or do you still need to? No, I mean, the the number I was at, there's two numbers. and Were they both between 1 and 12? Yeah, they both are. All right. You want want the answers? Yeah, just to be safe. Five, six, seven, eight. Six. Yes. Yeah. That's the, it, it was six and ten for whatever reason. I was like, ten maybe, but six was the first one that jumped out, and I'm glad I went with my gun. All right. Knot it up. Let's see if I can stump you here. Th- th- this one, I-, I think this is actually a great trivia question. I- I- kudos to me. <laughs> I'm going to pat myself on the back here for a <laughs> What is Bill Burr's only video game voice credit? Wow, I don't know. I'm gonna need the answers, dude. This was I. I was like, holy shit! All right, that's a good. It's a very good question. You have a Call of Duty Black Ops Three, B Grand Theft Auto Four, C Family Guy Back to the Multiverse, or D Mafia Two. Jesus, dude. There's some. There's some wild choices. It's like. Me and you, like, I don't know. I feel like this, just being Bill Burr, this was out of the blue, like one of the best questions I ever found. All right. So do me a favor. I'm going to need those choices again. Okay. You have A, Call of Duty Black Ops 3, B, Grand Theft Auto 4, C, Family Guy Back to the Multiverse, or D, Mafia 2. Bill Burr did one video game. I don't know. Mafia. Mafia, Mafia final answer? Mafia 2, sure. Incorrect. Hmm. Grand Theft Auto 4. Oh, Jesus. Yep. Added the frick. Dude, I would have never guessed. I saw that. Now, it was instant. Instant question for you. Jesus. So. I never would have gotten that. I didn't know he was in Grand Theft Auto 4. Do you remember Dude, who he I, played? I, I was... I was mind blown, bro. I was like, hey, I, I said Mafia guessed. too. That's close. I told I was like I, I matched it up with Mafia to trick it. I went Family Guy, added like like the wild card, and then Call of Duty just for the hell of it. Nice, good for you, man. That was a really good question that I never ever would have known. That's good. Now I know that for four years when you ask it of me again. Yep, you never hit you know I mean. So now we're all, all right, knotted hey, at thirteen and a half. We are. We're knotted up thirteen to and a half to thirteen and a half. We're ready to jump into the television section. Twenty minutes into the podcast, 
The Boys Season 3 has wrapped up, so get your spoiler hats on if you don't want spoilers for The Boys Season 3. This is your chance to turn around and get the fuck out. Uh, What I would say is check the time codes, ladies and gentlemen. The time codes are going to have where you can skip to. And if you're not using, if you're using a real service, uh, not Apple Podcasts, that fucking app blows. You can just click on the hyperlink that I put in there and it'll take you to that time, which is Nito Spaghetto. If you're listening on CastBox, Spotify, or stuff like that, just go ahead and click on the old button for the next section and it'll take you right to it. So we are going to talk about the boys season three. We're going to talk about our overall thoughts, what we liked, what we didn't, because not everything landed, especially in that finale. Um, I have a couple of questions. I know you do too. I think we have the same question. Um, and uh, we're also going to list our favorite characters from the show, but let's start where we, uh, where we should. And that is our overall thoughts. Sam, spoiler talk, the boys season three. What'd you think? Overall, I, I thought it was fantastic. I I thought it was an improvement from season, even though, and I like season two. I think it was just way better than season two. I think bringing in Jensen Ackles as Soldier Boy, I think it brought something fresh. I freaking been watching, I watched that guy for 15 years at Supernatural, watched him a year on Smallville, plus the movie, My Bloody Valentine 3D, whatever the hell it was. I, 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 I think he's such a likable character. And in this, he's like, I guess a likable prick. I, I don't know. I, I liked him, but he, he, that, you know, he says some crazy with the one line he said, he's like, I was banging the chick in the ass or some shit like that. I almost fell over. I was not like, and she was actually like a real actress. I think she might've been like the president's wife or something. I, I don't know. He said some crazy shit as soldier boy, um, you know, between the episode of hero gasm, the entire cast Homelander. I feel every single character from every person from the boys, from the people for what's left of the seven, everyone had their moment. You know, yeah, maybe not everything Atlanta. We're definitely going to have some questions, especially at the finale, which I that was that was the main thing I had kind of scratched my head with. I was like, huh, that was the, one of my biggest gripes of it. Might have been one of my least favorite episodes of the season. It was the finale? I mean, you know, the finale they kept everything so contained, especially when you're trying to have like a a big soup battle. So that was that was like a a little negative for me. Like all these superpowers, like it it, it took place in two little rooms. You know, well, what I mean? also, like, yeah, that and Black Noir deserved so much better. Like all of a sudden, he's just gone. He's just dead, just like that. And it was just like he had a bigger arc coming, and they let it go. I and that's it. I know the truth now of of who Black like it, Black Noir is definitely way different in the comics. Uh, oh yeah, he's a he's a Homelander clone in the in the comics. Yeah, I I think I you know I understand why they went somewhere different with it to change up, which is cool. Like for the comic guys like, to get something new. But I, I, I was expecting more from Black. Like I feel like they kind of kept him on the sidelines. That you know they, they only teased him a little bit. Like oh man, this guy's badass. Like I'm getting ready for a next battle. And then whoop, there goes his yeah. heart. Yeah, he was very seldom used in the first two seasons. Then he finally gets an arc in three, and they and they just take it from you. And now he's gone. And so like that was just a little underwhelming as well. And I, then, I mean, if he's yeah. a clone, maybe there'll be another one. Like he's you know, not a clone in this one though. He's he's clearly the I don't remember his name, but he was in payback and they showed his face and all that. Yeah, and true, was, true. You know, it's not a Homelander clone, and so that was a little yeah. disappointing. A Soldier Boy was great. Maeve was her storyline was a little weird as well. I'm sure we'll yeah, get into that too. Yeah, I I, I definitely I think that was like my biggest gripe of what was what was kind of how they kind of just shoehorned her at the end. Um, I, I would have rather have just you know a sacrifice with her but you know what i mean yeah it's it's funny because the two 
highly the most high rated episodes of the season are hero gasm obviously and glorious five-year plan which was episode four which was my least favorite of the season i thought it was boring as shit outside of the last two minutes when homelander kills the other soup i can't remember his name supersonic or whatever it was and uh he's you know my favorite episode was the premiere i mean like there's still not a moment even in hero gasm that compares to that fucking scene with termite and the guy it there's nothing you know, I, I ain't gonna lie i love my mother's milk got hit got hit with that load hit the load yes i laughed i laughed out loud man like mother's yeah, like mother's too. milk like th- this was this was one of his like you you find a lot of his backstory and you find out why he's he's so angry the way he is the problem he goes with like i i, I actually love i love to hear his backstories in this season. i was expecting more from that too like he was just like yeah he broke in and accidentally killed and i thought he'd come back it's like wait what i thought there was going to be something more i thought it was gonna be a racial thing or something yeah. like that where there was actual stakes and consequences i mean they did that last season with stormfront who was literally a nazi yeah. but like i really thought there'd have been a little bit more motivation for him or at least there there was motivation but i thought the oh, reasoning for that motivation was a little weird but his current day storyline with the new husband who is clearly i mean they painted this out to be as a uh what's the word i'm thinking of a satirical kind of like yeah um uh, god commentary a social okay. commentary on the MAGA crowd and the this insurrection on January 6th and all of that, because they literally had the guy with the horns and the face paint yeah. in the finale. Yeah. They have this guy who's, you know, clearly. So, uh, you know, I-, I liked his present day storyline a lot more than I liked the reasoning for him hating soldier boy in the first place. And it's like, well, I mean, yo, well, when, when he kills your father, kills your family, I, 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 there's a reason to hate somebody and kind of want to, you know, want to kill this guy. And why you hate this guy. Why, why, why you have these, you know, problems, anxiety, anger, like, yeah, I, I know, I just, but it's just, just there wasn't any. In on it. There wasn't any motivation to the murder, though. It was just a happenstance murder. He even said it. It was like kind of just almost a rat, random act of violence, which I understand can be a motivator in itself because yeah, it's like exactly. why then? So, it, like to me, that like there's the point. You know I, mean? I get that point, and I totally do. But like for a show that has all these stakes and all these things, I just would have thought, wow, maybe if it was a targeted attack, it I think it would have paid or maybe hit a little bit harder because we saw in episode one. Huey's girlfriend was a random act of violence. And like, yeah. he literally has a forgiveness scene with a train, which was a great scene, but I got, that was a little weird. I thought hero gasm was not underwhelming. I, as raunchy as it was, they, the way they build it and the way they hyped it, I just, I was expecting more. I don't know how. I, I, I don't know. I thought the build up to hero gasm was great. It you was, know, I think it they, was 10 they, minutes at the end of the episode though. I was kind of expecting more. I, like, I just, I thought they, 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 spr- they sprinkled in enough of, you know, with like soldier boy dragging the freaking blue Hawk across. Like I thought that scene was freaking awesome. Um, what soldier boy doing that. You mean a train? A a train was uh, when he dragged blue Hawk to, you know, yeah, he killed him. and he died a yeah. heart attack. Like I, I thought that was like, that was awesome. Um, obviously trying to, rally uh soldier boy in there to hero gasm and you know finding out that he's created hero gasm with stormfront which was wild i started this with liberty in the 40s that was crazy yeah like they they just kept like like they just threw like little nuggets in here like the tnt twins and uh and uh, an old friend appears when you know mother milk and starlight arrive like i feel like they always had this line of raunchy humor to some heart you know what I mean? Like they 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 were just all over the place. Like this show, like there's nothing on TV that's like like you said it before. Like 
you know, maybe we are getting a little bit of, of, of like burnt out superhero show, but this show just has that advantage that it just it's just good character development with like a with just like a like a disguise like a superhero. You know what I mean? Like it's it's just one of them shows that I, I, there's there's nothing like it. Yeah, there I don't know isn't. How to explain it. I mean, I'll give you that, but I was also, I wanted to tell you this in text and I forgot, but remember right after the finale, you and I were texting and you said, I assume Queen Maeve has her, like, doesn't have her powers. And I said, yeah, yeah of course she, she actually, I, I went back and watched it. She actually does say, I guess I'm powerless just like the rest of you or something like that. She actually does okay. admit that she lost them. So it is confirmed that she doesn't have powers, but much like Hapa, she shouldn't be alive. That yeah, that was a little weird for me. It, the, the, the the whole point is, you know, again, they they're using Soldier Boy so he can use that blast on Homelander. So in the end, when Maeve kind of sacrifices herself, huge she take, blast. She huge takes it blast. to the face, like she At, spears right. him chest to chest. Right, and that Bro, like, and like it. the tower gets like yeah. effed up. You know, how like does, I was. Expecting. How does the tower get like have vaporized and Maeve's fine and she survived, even though that. She lose her powers. She still survived the fall, you know, with with her eye. Like I, I, I don't know. I might have. And then you shoehorned her, the girlfriend that she had that didn't want anything to do with her. But now I guess she, she since she's instantly human now, now, she's automatically yeah. interested. Like yeah. I, I, they just threw that at us. Well, also know, I, she I, only had like a few cuts and scrapes and bruises. It was like you just got vaporized. You saw literally dozens of heroes during Herogasm get vaporized during that from that yeah. blast. You know, I guess the only other thing you can say is Maeve is one of the seven, so she is clearly different than other superheroes. And like even Kimiko got a, a mini blast to the chest, and all she got was she lost her power. She was kind of fine. So like I get it, the you know, but that's some heavy plot armor because like you said. Soldier Boy is there to kill Homelander. And if like that blast isn't going to kill Maeve, <laughs> he ain't taking down Homelander. Yep. yep. So, oh, back to the drawing board. They can't, like, what's the, his son is the only person that's going to take down Homelander. That's it. Or, yeah. And we know Butcher's on a timeline now. I mean, what has he got? He's, this is probably his final season. So in four, it might be his final arc. I mean, this show doesn't really do the big time jump. So maybe they can squeeze a couple of seasons into 18 well, months. Well, I was going to say this one was a year, a year past since season two. Yeah. So only yeah. Year, you know. Um. You know. Oh, geez. It was good. It was a very, very good season. Nay, nay. It was fantastic. It was not quite as good as one. Definitely better than two. I think it regained its footing. It definitely redeemed itself. I'm sorry if you can all hear this fucking dog. Like that's insane how this dog is barking so loud. I, I do. Can't, I can't hear it in my, in my headphones. My goddamn next door neighbor just got one too that yaps like a little muff. I can't stand them. I'm surrounded by them. Get me the fuck out of here. I Get mean, me but like to me, like the, the standouts, like you know, like there, there's well, well, like, well, I, okay, what about the standout moments though? Like I had said, my favorite moment of the season, and maybe even the show was that termite scene in episode one where yeah. he goes inside of a yeah, human dude, like male. I, I, like, I like literally jumped out of my like bed when I walked, like, like I was like, whoa, ah, like, I, like that was a moment that I don't know. <laughs> you never seen something like this on TV. Yeah, it was wild. And yet Kimiko's little musical, which was really kind of nice to because and she like had the few times cute. where yeah, it, it was cute. It was cute. You had also had the few times where she spoke, but it was like clearly a uh, 
a hallucination or a dream or whatever the case may be. It wasn't reality. And she makes those peeps a few times. You think she's going to get there. I thought by the end of the season, she was going to finally speak. We'll get that eventually, hopefully next season. But now that she has her powers back, I don't know. Um, so it's, it's wild uh, to I- think you know, where this show is going to go. But it ended with Homelander literally roasting a dude's head, head off in front of everybody where uh, Mother's Milk's wife's new husband is all jacked up. He's the one who starts the crowd up. And now it's like Homelander has that that armor of the public opinion. Like that he's got it. He has his followers. He has his crowd. He can do whatever he wants now and not have to worry about his image because he knows that even if he kills a person, even if he kills lasers their fucking head off, his crowd, his people are still going to love him. That to me signals nothing but End times, end times. That's and bad news. You have that. You have the head popper now with the deep killing mm-hmm. off. You she's going to be vice president. The vice president. Yeah. She's going to wind up popping singer. Boom. She's going to be the the, the new the boss, the new Stan Egger. Yeah, the president. She's going to be the big boss. Well, and- no, she's going to be the president of the United States, not a Vought. She wants to be the president of the United States, and that's why she'll kill Singer. She's oh, the VP okay, that's of, right, that's, yeah, that's of right, the that's country. Right. So that's she's right. going to pop Singer's head. She's then going to become the president, and now she she's going to control the soups. She's going to work. Maybe she'll br- – my my guess is because she kind of was raised by Stan Egger, and she was the one who kind of banished him off the season, and we never saw him again, which was weird. She's going to bring him back is my thought. And either she pops Ashley's head or something because she is the CEO now. And then she brings him back and then they work together and Edgar has a heel turn. That's kind of my guess as to where that goes. Um, because like, why would you make her related to him without that? Them kind of bringing that connection back. Yeah. No, that, dude, that makes t- total sense. I mean, again, kudos to Anthony Starr. I love him as Homelander. He, he's freaking nuts. Like he, he is truly nuts. Season four is not going to be the final season, but it will be a new season. It probably won't. They're going to start filming it next month. So we might get it right around July of 23. But my question to you is, even though this isn't going to be the final season, so maybe we're looking a little bit further ahead. Does Homelander actually die? Like, or does he live? I I think he, you know, if he didn't have his son, you know, maybe there's a shot, but I think he's got to die, right? Like, I think he's got to be now like the the big bad. Then who kills him? And is and isn't Ryan a little too obvious? I mean, it, it could be. Maybe you could say everyone. It's a, maybe it's the head popper. Maybe it, it's Butcher. Maybe it's it's Starlight. It, it's everyone at once. If maybe it's the whole boys team of it takes everybody to take him down. So Not here's what I person. think. Here, here's what I think will happen. We know Butcher only has 18 months to live or yep. so. We know that he's not going to tell anyone. He cl- came back at the end of the season like nothing was wrong. We know Starlight's a part of the boys now. I think that they're going to get on their thing. They're going to have their arc for season four. Homelander, he's going to know he's about to die, and it will look like Homelander killed him, and that will be where Ryan turns on Homelander. That's my guess. Mm. Um that's kind of the one that I can just piece together to maybe make it a little bit. So it's like Ryan has a reason to do it because Ryan worships the ground he walks on because he wants a father figure so bad. Mm. But I think that there's a potential there for Butcher to die. And even if he doesn't, even if Homelander doesn't do it, maybe there's someone tells him that it was him or something. He finds out that Homelander was the reason Butcher's dead and turns on Homelander for that and ends up killing him that way. Maybe that's even a little too cliche, but that's what I can think yeah. in my head is like a theory craft. Oh, and I, I definitely, we got to say the parody, what they did at Gal Gadot's COVID-19, where yeah, it was the, the celebrities, Billy Zane, Charlie, Seth Rogen, Patton Oswalt, 
uh, Mila Kunis, Kutcher. Dude, that was funny. Again, like I felt like they. That's why I, I they they pushed the boundaries this entire season. I mean, I still say Hero Gasm kind of lived up to the name. I never read the comics. I heard it was it, it was crazy as shit, but they, they showed way more than I thought that they were going to show. And I'm I'm not going to lie, I I truly had a blast this season. Yeah, let's get into our top three favorite characters from the season. I'm interested to hear your list because uh, I think it's going to differ from mine slightly, but we might have two know. similarities. Yeah, I, I think we're going to have different lists, lists here. I could be wrong, but my number three is Soldier Boy. I, I, I love Jensen Ackles. I've, obviously, I've said, you know, I've watched a guy for 15 plus years. I thought he brought something else to the show, something new. And you needed someone else to kind of stand up to Homelander, kind of to be the badass, to be what everyone's fear, you know, just how strong he was and how he was just, you find out what he did to Black Noir, how vicious it was and, you know, why Black Noir kind of took the chip out of his arm, left, went back, you see the cartoon creatures. And I, I just, I, I loved his whole story. You find out, you know, his issues, his daddy issues, basically every one of the boys got daddy issues, but I, I just thought he was awesome as Soldier Boy. Let's not forget when he fed the octopus to the deep. Well, well, that was home. That was Homelander. That's not, oh, you said Soldier Boy, didn't you? Soldier Boy was number three. My bad. My number three is Homelander, um, which <laughs> goes into that same thing of like all the things he did were diabolical. Uh, he Always. he fed the deep the octopus. He seared off again. I forget his name. The new uh, uh, the one hero from Annie's past. His head. He kills a civilian in cold blood. He threw a bottle at his son. I get it. But like, he was fine. Uh, so like, and like where his arc could go, he, uh, to finally show him vulnerable. He bled this season. He had bruises this season. He should have died in that blast and hero gasm. Somehow he muscled his way out of it over butcher Huey and soldier boy, which was a little bit, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, unrealistic. I thought, him getting away from there was a little Max stabs Vecna and all of a sudden she drops and runs. I thought that was a little weird, but I'll get past it. The boys are so good. I'm not going to nitpick it overall. Um, his arc is great, was great, will be great. I want to know what happens further and I want to know how it ends for him, if it ends for him, because he's such an amazing villain. He's right up there with like Lalo in terms of best villains on TV right now. Oh, well, but don't even get me started. It's too early for that, but I, I, I will agree 100%. My number two is Mother's Milk. I I truly, I, I love M.M. I, I think he's great. I love the scenes with him. I like his attitude of, of like you said, of, you know, his daughter. Uh, he's, you know, his relationship with the stepfather, of kind of what he's watching. He doesn't want his daughter to be doing that. Well, he's like, I think he should. So, like, I, I like the conflict there. Like you said, you, you agreed, like. I like everything going on with the boys. Like I said, with the hero gasm, I like the backstory. I like finding, oh, with Soldier Boy, this is why you hate Sue. This Soldier Boy killed your father, killed your family. This is why your, I guess your grand or your grandfather was hunting him or, or researching about him, and you know why you had your issues of, you know, anxiety, anger issues, depression, all this. You know, like I, I, I just love finding more about Mother's Milk. And again, they, they find the, they, they. they they, I don't know, what's that word? Like they sew, sew the line, or they 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 tow the line of, of of weaving in the the comedy, the drama, the action, and and I just think they did it a, such a great job with Mother's Milk in season three. My number two might shock you. Um, he's always been one of my favorite characters, and this season I thought his arc really played Frenchie. well. 
Yes. I loved his arc. I thought it was fantastic. So, yep. <laughs> Frenchie is my number two. And I, I just, yeah. I've always liked him a lot. Yep. And this I season agree. I could finally understand what he was saying a little bit better. Uh, and I he had more used to his, I got used to it. He, he has more screen time. And now he had a couple different conflicts where he was called out to, I believe her, it's either Sherry or Cherry. I can't remember, but she calls him out to the park and says, little Nina's after me. Like, you got to hide me. You got to help me. And he has to have that conflict of like, you were my love, but you were my past. And Kimiko is my future. And like, they kiss, which was wild. And the way he gets up and leaves the room was fucking crazy. But that all led to him getting kidnapped and her. So like, I'm sure it would have happened eventually anyway, but the little Nina storyline and then him coming out in the nude and having all of his scars and little Nina talking about all of the scars and how he got them was wild to me. And like, just to go experience the pain he was going through and to watch as you're chained to a thing with your two loves with guns to their heads and you have to pick which one lives and which one dies. That's not a choice I would ever want to be in the position to make. If that were my girls, my daughters, whatever, like that's fucked. So for him to be able to come out of that on the other side and only do a little bit of coke, uh, yeah, I'm I'm happy with that storyline. I really do enjoy him. Him, it kind of goes one and the same. It's him and Kimiko. Like I love their little yeah. thing they got going, yeah. but he kind of stole that a little bit. I didn't love how she got her powers back or wanted them back. I kind of liked her better without them, but I'll forgive it. Frenchie, fantastic character. Uh, that's my number two. Yeah, I'm cheating. I'm going Butcher Homelander number one. I'm going Combo. I, I thought they were they were both fantastic. Color Urban showed the brutalness of Butcher of what he's willing to do to kill the soups. He didn't tell Huey that he's literally killing himself. Obviously, yeah, the last time he does give him, he, he not punches him in the face, knocks him out. But before he still knew, still let him do it. He still, he just doesn't give a shit. He wants to care about this mission. I hear he's even more a piece of shit in the comics. So I, maybe I do got to read this comics, but I love Carl Urban and Anthony Starr. Totally agree with you. Such a great villain, like a Lalo up there is just, you know, he could be, you know, he could just turn it on. He could be smile. You think he's great, charming, sadistic, killer. Again, the ending, it's the gloves are off. You know, he's he's she just proved that his his fans or however, what have you, will still stand by him, stick by his side, cheer him. Um, it, it was great to see him bleed, to see him actually fear. You know, you get the scene of him talking to himself in a mirror. You got to see something new, something different from him that we didn't see before. And Anthony Starr, absolutely brilliant as freaking Homelander. Kudos to the cast and crew of The Boys. I'm sure you know where I'm going with my number one, and that is <sighs> Soldier Boy. Uh, Soldier Boy was the perfect addition at the perfect time for this show. After I felt yep. season two felt a little bit flat, Stormfront story was a little bit old. I'm glad they, they I didn't even know they were going to bring her back a couple times in three, but they did. I'm glad that she was kind of over it and done with and by episode one or two's end. And they were kind of able to kind of focus on this. I got to get payback on payback. And then, you know, I'll hold my end up at the bargain with, with butcher to go kill Homelander. And the reason I love soldier boy is because every single time he was on screen, he reminded me of Ted Lasso. And you might ask yourself, what the mm. fuck you are comparing a, <laughs> a killer to Ted Lasso. Why? No, I don't mean their mannerisms. I don't mean their uh, character arcs or their personalities. I mean, the way they talk a, a lot of Ted Lasso's humor is Jason Sudeikis under his breath or ending fun like sentences with funny words or saying something really fast or like you have to watch it twice to get it like things like that where you watch it again like oh my god that was really funny and Soldier Boy did that for me like I missed it the first time when he said we're ten and one and I was like oh my god he's talking about 
like America's record in wars. This how fucking patriotic this guy is. Or like the Cosby jokes were just so. Oh my god! Yeah, they, 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 they drink. They push the envelope. <laughs> yeah, and uh, like th- I don't know the way he was just like, what, what what was it? He said, uh, you know, I I wish I didn't raise such a pussy. And I'm like, you said that to Homelander. Like that's wild. So mm-hmm. just to his his attitude is no fear. Um, his line delivery. I think Jensen Ackles stole the show. And now that I've seen him in the skin or you know in the character of Soldier Boy, I literally don't want to picture anybody else for that role and it was such a perfect casting man and so he'll be, I, he'll be really, great as red hood come on baby i really do love jensen ackles performance this season he really did steal the show for me and i feel like if he wasn't a part of it the show would have suffered i thought it was a, a perfect like 100%. i said perfect character for the perfect time that'll wrap our thoughts on the boy season three we did about 25 minutes um Let's dive into even more craziness because we had episode eight of Better Call Saul, Point and Shoot. So again, this is your spoiler warning for Better Call Saul, episode eight. We're not going to do the other seven episodes. We're just going to have a little chat, five, ten minutes here about uh, episode eight, Point and Shoot, Sam. We're back. Final six episodes. Oh, my God. Five left. Lalo is dead. What would you think? This, I mean, directed by Vince Gilligan. This is perfection from beginning to end. I was on wow, the edge of my strong word. Strong word. I, I was dude. This was one of my favorite episodes. This wow. this, this this had I think everything I I think I could want in a in an episode. It, it literally had freaking everything. Vince Gilligan. It's the way he directs of of kind of the, the one of the scenes that I loved was when it was Jimmy facing Howard. Oh yeah, when he's just laying on the ground, oh, like dude, in the chair. like yeah. oh, it, it just hit, man. It, it just hit, and, and just watching it unfold of of Gus and, and how Lalo's doing it, and 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 we we knew once you saw a while ago Gus Fring hiding that gun down there, you mm-hmm. knew it was going to come and play. They would not, in, they would have not wasted that five minute scene set up for that not to come into play. I. I, I have to say, Tony Dalton, I, I've always said it. He, I, I truly think he is one of the best villains. He is so goddamn, his charisma, he's charming. And then just a, a flip of a switch, he's a cold-blooded killer. Kill you at the drop of a hat. I thought he was fantastic. Uh, you know, he is, to me, he is the, the Gus Fring of Better Call Saul, of, you know, of Gus Fring of, of Breaking Bad. He's like, the, the, he, to me, he's the big bad. He was my favorite. It, you, you know... God, I, I don't know if you want to jump to it or you want to get there, but I just, he was Go fantastic. The gloves are off. You do whatever you want. Dude, you say to me, you want. Th- this was a, a 10 out of 10 episode. His smile at the end of, of Lalo. I, I thought that was, I, I just perfect. Like literally perfect. I, I don't think it, it could have been any better. And I, I just, I'll never look at Breaking Bad the same. I, I know the truth now. When they're, when they're, when I'm rewatching, they're cooking. I I know where they are. I know where the bodies are. And to have, and have Howard buried next to his killer, it's just like this poor guy. You know, I you know what I mean. Like I'm still like, oh Howard, and it's just what a way of of the luck of 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 Gus Fring and oh, dude, just an absolute masterclass episode. I you know, this is a ten out of ten episode for me. 
So the first time I watched it, I've seen it twice. The first time I watched it, it was an like an eight out of ten. And I had some pretty big gripes. And they were there were two of them. One of them was, and again, remember, this is the first time I watched it. I really don't feel that way now. But as I watched it the first time, I thought to myself, there are a few too many coincidences happening right now for my liking. Like Gus, based off of Kim saying he talked him out of it, knew it was Jimmy and just knew to go to the laundry. Now he says, how did you know that he was going to be at the laundry? And he looks up, he says, I didn't. But like he was. Well, I think he did. And I do think that too. And I think that was like, come on. Like that whole plan played out so perfectly beginning to end that it was just a little bit too convenient at points. But again, this show has a track record of doing that where it, this show, and I said these words to you, this show is predictable, very predictable at points, but in a good way. They do it because seven episodes ago, Gus Fring hides a gun. Ashley even forgot. So like, she's like, what the fuck? I said, Ash, remember when he walked over, like when, and he put that there when in like episode one, like, so, or two or whatever it was. So like those seeds are, have been planted and they do a really good job paying it off. This yeah. show also knows that there are characters that, you know, live to get into breaking bad. So, you know, that Gus is going to survive this little standoff with Lalo. But my big problem was in reality, once, and, and this isn't like something I still sit on or hate as much, but it still is a question for me. And I'm happy that if somebody answers it for me to eat the crow and I'll be wrong and I'm, I'm fine with that. My one question is when, when Lalo makes him open up the, the laundry, um, the big machine, press the button and it opens up. Why did he even let him live at that point? He says, Mike will be here in 13 minutes. So they go down into the thing. Once the thing's open, you're free to explore it all you want. Why not just kill him now? I get it. Maybe he wanted to say, keep him alive for Bolsa, but I don't know. I think he wanted to kill him at some point because, like, where does he go from here? No, He's not. He, he came there to shoot. He, he was going to die. He was just rubbing it in on video. But Lalo's too smart for that. That's my point. Like, Lalo is way too fucking smart for that. Of all the things Lalo has done that have made him smart and cunning and went to fucking Germany and snuck into a house and snuck out the window because he found a ruler or a level, I should say. This guy has pieced so many things together. He saw a cockroach and said, you know what? I'm going to go to Jimmy's house and change the entire plan. He heard one little crackle on the phone and said, they're recording me. I should lie to them about like he is so intelligent that as soon as he presses that button and says oh cool now i can go down there and look for myself he should have shot him in the head and said all right now i'm just going to go get it on video i'm going to take it back to bolsa uh or donald audio or whomever and i'm going to go and and i'm going to run the show now or at least gain some favor so i thought it was a little weird but again we knew gus was going to survive based on the fact that he's in breaking bad that's the one little thing where i still think to myself man that was weird the second one, and this one has, thank goodness, upon my second watch, I like eagle-eyed into it. And I was like, I got to find the answer. And I'm glad that I did. And I'm glad that it was in the episode. And if anybody wants to see it, they can watch it. It was a very, very large convenience when uh, when Lalo sneaks up to the laundry, climbs up to the window, and that guard just happens to just be walking in right as he gets past. And I thought to myself, wow, that's a really convenient thing. That guard just had to go take a piss or he was just smoke, whatever he was doing. And so I looked and I watched the second time. He was, remember, he was letting him in. 
He was the guard at the gate letting yep. them in. Hundred percent. He had to walk back from the gate to his desk, and Lalo got there before he got back to his desk. So as I watched it the second time, I said, "Oh my god!" Now it makes total sense, and I went from hating that part to saying A plus yep. writing because you yep. made it work. It Again, wasn't like, just go ahead. No, it's like, it's like remember he sat there for days and watched the movement and the planning. Exactly. So like, of course he watched him go back time. So he had a, a roundabout time frame just making it. So dude, great great pickup for your second watch. Well, great pickup by the writers too. Like it, it would have been so easy, and so many other shows would have had him just zipping up his pants or washing his hands. Like had to take a piss. Like these guys don't take pisses. These guys watch these cameras all day. That's what Gus pays them for. Like they have fucking the craziest setup. They have shift changes, and nobody misses a beat. But except for this one guy who goes to open the gate. So yeah. upon my second watch, I I really did I- enjoy that. So. Um, fitting ending for Lalo. It, uh, a little sad that he went the, the episode after Howard and there's still five left. But again, we the only character now we don't know the fate of is Kim yep, and technically Gene. Technically Gene. So like they got five episodes to deliver this. They're going to introduce a new character into the show this week. I'd imagine it'll be the judge, whatever her face is. I can't remember. Um, so she's going to come in. So five episodes left. This tells me we might get two with Kim present day, maybe two Gene, and then one wrap up. I, I don't know, man. Yeah, I, the, I, what I are was you talking? Think? I was I was talking to uh, uh, what the fuck's his name? Damien's buddy. God damn, I'm blanking on his name. Sorry, buddy. Get ah uh, shit. Ah, uh, it, Giff. I can't think of his name. I'm drawing the biggest blank. God damn it. I wish I could even help you. Yeah, I, I, I Scott? got Scott. Jesus Christ. I almost had a goddamn stroke. Scott, I'm sorry, buddy. But Gene Kornzig, baby. Gene Kornzig, as I should have got it. But I was like, I, me and him were talking. I was like, I think we could get a two to three episode of Gene, of depending where they go with his story. I think we get two or three. That still gives them two episodes to kind of wrap up the this backstory of, you know, kind of how they did Howard. It, what a shame. The firm. He, so he goes out as a coke addict and he's he got to just walk to the beach and he's dead. They'll never find it. He walked in the ocean. They'll never find his goddamn body. Uh, I, 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 I truly, this, this episode truly got me like this. This was one of my favorite episodes like ever of better call Saul. Small prediction, maybe obvious, not sure, but I think that the gene episodes, however many there may be, are going to be in color. I don't think they're going to do that to us where, uh, yeah, I mean, like, it, was, it was it was cool in the beginning, but you know we're ready for the for color. Like piece. maybe the cold open is in is in black and white, but he puts on the red jacket or something like that, and it fades into color. We saw color in his eyes when he sat down to watch the TV. I don't think they're going to make us sit through black and white full episodes. Nah. I just don't think that that's going to be a thing. Uh, we saw the teaser for ep- the next episode, or at least the rest of the season. Takes there's a little bit that takes place in uh, Saul's. Uh, office, but like the Saul from Breaking Bad timeline, we know that Walt and Jesse still eventually have to show up somewhere, sometime, some way. That's going to be a thing to look forward to. Again, what capacity they're going to be in the show. So this was a fantastic episode. I'm so excited for more. And all this does was is leave us with questions. And I just hope we don't get the answers too soon because with five episodes left, I really, really, really want to keep this mystery and intrigue around Kim and how that ends because there's something that's going to drive them apart. Something. I just don't know what. 
it's going to be. I don't think it's trauma. You saw her sit on the bed like she was so zoned out, but I don't think that that's going to be the thing. I think there's going to be more to this. I mean, what what more could could happen after this? I mean, every everyone's gone. You lost this. You lost that. And yeah, I think personally <sighs> though that I I think the death is over. Like I don't think we're going to get another big death unless it's Gene post in that like gene timeline maybe he kills the cab driver who was recast by the way jeff the cab driver is no longer played by the same guy it'll be a different guy so just want to point that out but uh i don't i just don't know if we're going to get any more death because there's nobody really any left to do the killing like gus he doesn't have an enemy anymore lalo's dead howard's dead i don't think kim dies so again unless it's post in the gene timeline so I'm I'm excited to see where this goes. I have many questions, and that's a good thing when you got five episodes left and there's still questions. Oh, All right, you ready to move on? Let's do it, brother. All right. Uh I have not finished the show. You have. Um, I don't care if you go spoilers because I don't care if it gets spoiled for me. It's an enjoyable little show, but uh I think I'm kind of done with Marvel and stuff right now. I just have no urge to go back to it at all. But uh, Miss Marvel, what'd you think? Yeah. You know, it it was just okay. This this is like the, the PG. This is, this is the kids. You know, this is the one where you can, you could skip this show and you are absolutely fine. Um, they, they weren't long episodes, 45 minutes. I think each episode was, was basically was, um, they, I don't think they broke new grounds. I think we, we've seen this stuff before. This is like a, you know, copy paste, you know, n- n- nothing. The, the special effects didn't wow me. A couple places I didn't look great. Had some moments had it was hard. Um, I, she, she was, she was fine as Miss Marvel. She, she, she was fine. You know, nothing against her. Uh, villain wise, I, I thought it was a little bit weak. I, I thought it just kind of fell flat. I, I felt like it kind of didn't really go nowhere. It was more mainly towards bringing the family together and, and you know, find stuff about her grandmom. Uh, I don't know too much about the the, the bracelets. I, I guess that was cool. You know, I guess there, if the, episode six, there is a mid end credit scene. Uh, I don't I don't want to spoil it. You know, if you want to watch it, watch. I don't I don't want to ruin it for you. But, you know, it was like, OK. Okay, so that's where this leads, and then it, that the next will take place. I, I, I guess will be the the Mar the Marvels or Marvels, however you want to call it. But I, I thought it was okay. This is one I I, I actually liked it. I would say a smidge more than uh, Wandavision. Like uh, Wandavision missed for me. I I put this a little bit above that. I uh, again, you know, it, if you're getting a little bit burnt out superheroes, I don't blame you. This might be one to skip, cool off. You know, maybe wait for uh, what's next, She Hulk. I think that's the next one that's coming out. Um, so hopefully they improved at least on their CGI because that was a little wonky. But again, you know, maybe Phase Four uh, maybe ain't hitting as hard. Maybe Phase Four, you know, we're getting way more TV shows, way more movies than we had in any other phases. So maybe this is where, you know, you know, I, we knew this after Thanos. You know, there wasn't the big bit, so we kind of knew Phase Four was going to be slow going for Marvel, and it's showing. And you know, this, you know, not that it felt like a chore, but. You know, I wasn't looking forward to this show like as like a Moon Knight or something like that. This was more of like, all right, let, let me get through this. You know, maybe it was a little chore to get through this episode, try to get it done before the podcast today. But um, other than that, you know, I this is this is for the kids, the adults. You know, you can skip it. 
I like the teen drama. I like the high school. That's what I thrive on. I thrive on the OC and Degrassi. I can pump those into each one of my arms for my vein juice, mm-hmm. and I'd be happy. That's what I like a lot. Never have I ever another good show. Atypical. I love these type of shows. There's just something about the Marvel version of it that is very unappealing to me. I feel like over the past, again, I watched two episodes and then half of the third. And I say to myself, like, there's nothing in this show that I haven't seen before. Oh, she likes a boy, but the boy turns out to be a thing. Like, I don't want to, again, I don't want to give it away, but it's like, you know, exactly that that boy wasn't going to be who he says he was. And so like, I I just, it was very copy and paste. I'm telling you, like this didn't break no grounds. Bruno is like the clingiest dude on the planet. Like, could you make it more obvious? Like is he like just literally sticks his nose into shit. And I'm like, get out of the scene, go take some, a water break, man. Like let the other people have the screen time because you're annoying. He's very annoying. So there were just like, she's fine. Kamala's fine. Her best friend, whoever she, I forget her name. That's fine. I appreciate the culture aspect of it. I appreciate them breaking kind of new ground with it. I love that it takes place in Jersey, but I mean, in reality, they're in New York all the fucking time. So what the fuck ever? I'm just, you know, I also just don't care about Miss Marvel. So, um, or Captain Marvel, I should say. So like to know that the future is with her and Carol Danvers, or at least what I think it is. And, uh, and, uh, Monica Rambeau. I just, don't care at all. I don't know. Hey, it's I. I don't blame you, man. I'm it's, not. It, it's fatigue, dude. There's there's so many shows. It, it's it's. I don't know. I love, but I love shows. Like I love it. I'm loving this season of For All Mankind. I've dove into the bear. Like there are shows that I can. I tried Resident Evil, the new Resident Evil show on Netflix. So, like I love it. I love watching TV, but like. I haven't, I don't give a fuck about Obi-Wan. I don't give a shit about what's coming in the Star Wars world. I don't really care about the next Marvel thing either. I have no interest in seeing Thor. So like, I I haven't watched Doctor Strange yet. I just watched No Way Home on a big screen for the first time. I just don't care. I don't know. I, I feel, I felt this way for a long time. So maybe that like, maybe this isn't burnout. Maybe this is just me realizing I just don't care about this genre as much as i have told myself that yeah, i have why not just the quality of film or just the interest level of you know the build up the thanos kind of went down now phase four is kind of slipping nothing's really catching right now and 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 that's it you know you know uh, you know what i think it might be and i and this is i'm thinking about this now live time you're getting my 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 live thoughts i i, I truly believe that there are so many other shows and movies right now that are more grounded in reality, which is what I appreciate and like anyway, that weren't around when phase one, phase two and phase three were coming. There weren't these shows like for all mankind and the bear and, and like yellow jackets and the last of us is coming early 2023. So like these other shows that I'm so invested in that have nothing to do with superheroes that I'm like, you know, even like Julia and winning time and all these shows that I look forward to It's better call Saul. Another great example. So like all these shows that have nothing to do with superheroes, they're already grounded in reality and, or at least the real world. And so like when you have all these other things to have entertainment and all the games that I play to have other forms of entertainment, what you, you know, I don't really, not that I don't have time for Marvel, but I realized that now that that's not the only thing or the big thing anymore, I don't need it. I don't care. I don't want to get spoiled just in case I do break out of this one day, 
but I don't care. And that, that will be that way forever with star Wars. Methinks I'm just not a star Wars guy, but uh, mm-hmm. with Marvel, I don't know. Maybe one day if like Helena says, Hey daddy, I want to, she likes captain America. She loves iron man. She loves Spider-Man. So maybe one day, and I'll always love Spidey. He'll always be my fave. And my boy, I liked him before I liked comic books. So I don't know. I'm an, I'm a weird human. I always have been. So like my interests fucking change on a, on a whim. So who, who knows? I don't know. I don't know. I can't even figure myself out much less. I don't know. Make sense of it all, but uh, we'll move on. We'll move into the stories. Cause quite frankly, I'm ready to go to bed. Uh, we started a long show. Only murders in the building has been renewed for season three. Season two is out. Now we're four episodes deep. It was going to be my pick of the week, but episodes two and three weren't very good. Um, one was fantastic and thank goodness business picked up in episode four this past week and got me right back on track, right back on track. It was a great episode on Tuesday, episode four. So I'm right back in it. If you haven't seen this show already, it's a, it's Martin short, Steve Martin and Selena Gomez live inside the Arconia apartment complex in New York. There's a murder in their building and Instead of the cops trying to solve it, they start a murder podcast and try to solve the murder themselves. And it's so funny and endearing. And it's all, it's a fucking nominated for the second most Emmy awards um, of any show or third most. I can't remember, but like it's getting a ton of critical kudos. The second season hit and miss so far. Thank goodness it hit last episode to get me through to the rest. I'm looking forward for even more as season three is coming. I wrote Solo joins the Ironheart series because I just don't care to write the dude's name. Uh, the guy who played Solo in the Solo movie is coming to Ironheart uh, for Disney Plus. Alden Enrich. Thank you. I just joined Parish in an undisclosed key role. So I know they just started filming this show now. This is going to be He Who Remains. Jonathan Major is going to be back from this. So I we probably won't guess till the end of 2023 uh, for Ironheart. So, I mean, I'm not really looking forward to the show. He didn't do shit for me in Loki. So uh, we'll see. This is, this is close. We're going to get to Iron Man. So uh, Lord of the Rings, the rings of power, the dumbest name ever that they could have conceivably, unless it was the boys, boys of summer, that would have been dumber. Uh, this is just a horrible name, but the rings of power got its big giant two and a half minute trailer. Uh, but believe trailer number two, I did watch it. I don't know what the fuck I watched, but Sam, what did you think? I, I don't mind the, the title. I think the title's fine. Doesn't really bother me, but I mean, I, okay. Teach their own Lord of the rings, I, rings of power rings back to back. It doesn't bother you. That the word rings is right after the word rings. I I'll live saying the all word right. Rings Sam, twice. Sam, Matoro, Matoro. That's fine with me. So I thought the trailer was great. I am ready to dive back. And yeah, I may, I don't know, like, oh, they're each character's names, but I'm like, okay, there's the elves, there's the dwarves, there's this, there's that, where's it going? Um, I, I just love this world. I, I love what, what J.R.R. Tolkien created. I've loved the Middle Earth. The Two Towers is still my favorite thing from it. I, that movie's perfection. I'm, I, I still hope since he's an elf that Legolas somehow makes an appearance. Come on, Orlando Bloom, you got to come back, maybe season two. It already got signed for season two. I think there are, they might even be starting to shoot, I believe, maybe next month starting to shoot season two. I, I don't, was it seven episodes? It's not many. 
I don't know. The boys is eight, so it's somewhere between six and eight. Yeah, so it's something. I I just want to dive back in the world. It's on Amazon. I don't have to do anything. I have it. I can't wait for September. I'm here for September second. I'll be watching day one. I just don't know what the fuck I watched. Like I don't know what was happening. I don't know who those things were. Finish the fucking movies first, then watch this shit. God, but why would I have to? Isn't this a whole different timeline? You know nothing. This is before. But this is a whole different timeline, isn't it? Well, you need to know something. You like we have. But do I? The people that are going to watch House of the Dragon, they don't need to have watched Game of Thrones. They should have. They should have, and I should watch the movies, but I shouldn't have to. But you should. Have to. I mean, I mean, I mean. Actually, you don't because this is thousands of years before the. That's what I'm saying to you. But that's what I'm saying. I don't have to. You know, I don't. As you, as you, eighteen hours. I don't have eighteen hours. You'll appreciate. I do have eighteen hours. But I don't. You watch fucking like eighteen shows a week. You have plenty of time. You just choose. Exactly, but I don't want to. But that means I wouldn't get to watch those shows if I watch something else. Put on the back burner. Lay your balls down. No, I'm telling you, I will never watch this. I'm telling you now, I might watch the f- the premiere. I might, I well, might be into it, and I might watch the rest. I won't but be I, watching this last show. M- yeah, money, money says I'm not going to be watching this. Beavis and Butthead uh, is getting their big giant uh, uh, rebirth on TV. It's coming to Paramount Plus exclusively. It has a premiere date August fourth. Beavis and Butthead do the universe was pretty funny. Um, it's got really good ratings. It's like. 8.0 out of 10 like everywhere so like good for them for being culturally relevant in 2022 with the same jokes they told in 1994 uh but i appreciate that um it's fine it's whatever i'm more interested in as we move into movies your your thoughts on thor love and thunder sam hit us with those impressions so yeah uh me and kelly we saw it in theaters again i always say i always support all all movies um this was I feel like this movie didn't know what it wanted. You you they threw so much comedy at you and then Bale's character Gore is so dark, literally that someone sees there's no color, that it, it just it, it was it was like a balance issue. They just threw again so much of the Marvel it's 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 Tika Watiti, he directed it. It's it's Ragnarok with jokes times twenty. A lot of stuff falls flat, but the, the two standouts was uh, Christian Bale and Natalie Portman. I wanted more gore, and supposedly what I'm hearing, they cut scenes of him killing the gods. It's like, well, isn't what Jason Aaron's run was him killing the gods? Why wouldn't you show that so we can actually see how powerful and scary gore could be? They're like, nah, let's cut it. So it's like, <laughs> what? Like, like, dude, Like, I feel like this movie could have been so much better, but they cut all the awesome scenes. Like, I, I'm just confused. Like, I, you know, uh, they they make Chris Hemsworth stupider and stupider every goddamn Thor movie. I I I like Thor one. I, I liked him more like that. You know, obviously Ragnarok was uh, it was definitely it's like uh, it was something different. It was some fresh air it, that was funny. But this was like it was just too much. It was just too much. Um, everything with Portman, she she was fantastic. She looked great. Um, they played just from her comic run that you know that I don't even want to say it in case you don't know it. I want you to, you know, find it in theaters because you know, there's heart in the movie. Um, and then the ending, they kind of just like, oh, all our kids are in the movie. So we're just going to throw this here. I, I, I didn't care for the ending at all. Um, the best part for you will be the mid credit scene. That will be 100% your. Um, even even I, I kind of like I was like, oh, shit, I, I, I was pleasantly surprised. 
And even even the end credit scene, like surprise, you know, sometimes you see a Marvel movie, the mid credit scene and the end credit, they they suck. It's like God damn, I just wasted fifteen minutes sitting here for this dumb shit. This movie, like the two end credit scenes, like this is one. Yes, you can wait. These are ones you want to watch in theaters that you hopefully you don't get spoiled. Um, the mid credit scene, you know, certain people will get really excited. Some people will just get totally excited just because of the character itself. But um, other than that, you know, it it was. Definitely lower tier level for me for for Marvel movies. Sad to say, I I don't think. I mean, again, I'll always say go support it. I mean, if I have nothing like have nothing to watch, I will be used as a pick of the week because I have nothing. Because I still think it's worth watching once. Like Christian Bale is still good. Natalie Portman is a badass. Um, Russell Crowe was absolutely horrible as Zeus. Like terrible. I would have cut everything he was in. Cut the entire <laughs> I thought you thing. were going to say the other way. That's funny. No, he was absolutely terrible. I'm, you know, my man. You're getting, you're playing a Zeus god. My man was like 100 pounds overweight. You know what I mean? I, you, you would think you'd get back into, you know, gladiator shape a little bit, but my man just truly on vacation out there in uh, Australia filming it. Uh, uh, other than that, there's really like no, no other big standouts. You know. Uh, Valkyrie really didn't do nothing for me in this. And he, he's good as Thor. The Guardians weren't in it too much, which 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 I I think was good. Maybe I would have liked to see a little bit more. Maybe the humor there with them and the crew would have been funnier than the humor that we got. It it just missed. I don't think they knew what the tone. I you know, even though Tiki said you know director's cut suck. Like I I want to see what the the millions you spent for the special effects for him killing the gods. Like I want to see what why people feared gore like you didn't show any of that so that, it was just disappointment there was a good film somewhere but it wasn't thor good love and thunder wow is it like stefan wolf where you have no idea what his motivation was in the theatrical no 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 like, like that's like but no you know you know his motivation like they, they show you that but like that's it they don't show you anything he that he kills like I, I he just kind of arrives and you have to uh, like a pre like accept him as a big bad here i mean I'm like dude like he was great like i liked him like he, he was great i wanted more they just mm-hmm. he wasn't don't we say that enough. for so many marvel villains though yeah i feel he, like that's he, a theme but we wanted like, more of the villain he was actually a good villain we i just needed more screen time of him there he yeah was you good. think I just wanted four more. phases they would learn I, I, dude, it, it's just a stupid Marvel formula. I, I think Taika, I think he needs a break on the next door. I think we need someone else. There, there were just too many jokes. Um, and, and you've got to find out what the love and thunder is, what the meaning behind that is. And I, it, it's something different. It wasn't my cup of tea. Definitely on my lower tier list. Per the Hollywood reporter, Julius Ona, who did the Cloverfield paradox, like the worst, the worst piece one. of shit. Uh, will direct Captain America four. So, uh, you know, no idea how he got lucky enough to land an MCU gig, but he did with Anthony Mackie, obviously I, reprising his role. And and that's like not really like hype right now of, of kind of like everyone not really loving, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier and kind of phase four. So, you know, Cap- and, and, you know, basically Chris Evans basically saying like, I'll never return to unless it's like an absolute perfect moment because he f- truly feels like he, he's like wrapped with Cap and I don't blame him. So this cap four, there's the, I, I would be a little wary about it. Well, it's got a horrible, uh, I shouldn't say a horrible director. It's not fair. A director with a horrible track record. This guy yeah, has done nothing to deserve getting him the first Captain America movie since Civil War. And that's going to be mm. a tough sell for a lot of people. 
the first time we'll see Captain America in a movie since Endgame. So, and it will be a different Captain America because, like you said, Falcon was just not a very good series. So, it'll be interesting to see what Julius can pull off here. Again, we've talked about it before. I don't have that much faith, and I think a lot of people will agree with me that they don't have a lot of faith in this next story. And I don't even know why it's even happening. At least according to some people. Per deadline, a sequel to The Eternals is in the works at Marvel with Chloe Zhao uh, returning to direct. And and this is where I'm I'm on the opposite side. A lot of people hated this film. I I enjoyed this film a lot better than a lot of people. I know it didn't make as much as they thought. Two hundred million dollar budget. It only made a four hundred and two at the box office. So it made double, but with you know marketing all that. So they definitely took a loss. So, I mean, it's, you know, if anyone has the money to you know, take a little bit of a loss to keep moving, it's Marvel from all the money they made from future movies. And from where it ended, the end credit scene, like, I do want a sequel. I, I, I'm definitely looking forward to Eternals 2 than I am the Marvels. Like, that's for damn sure. So, I'm, I'm kind of glad to see Marvel kind of going with a, a sequel when everyone gave it so much hate. So, k- kudos to Marvel for, for this one. Let me take it over in gaming. A nice little meaty, meaty gaming section, but we'll, we'll get through it. We'll lead it off. Nintendo announced a new Kirby game coming later this summer. Yeah, pretty wild. Um, kind of out of nowhere, this was 0% previously announced. And all of a sudden, they decided, you know what? We're going to put an eShop game out there for you. A four-player Kirby game. Uh, Kirby's Dream Buffet will be an eShop only title, so exclusive to Nintendo eShop. Um, we don't have a date. It'll be later this summer. You race through obstacle courses to collect the most strawberries, thwart your competition, and use your familiar abilities. This is 100% Nintendo Fall Guys, and mm. that's why it looks so appealing, because I played Fall Guys finally, and it's really fun. So I get everywhere, yeah. Exactly. Now that's free for it. And I think Nintendo taking that approach of, hey, you want a reason to go on our online subservice? You know, it's probably going to be if it's I don't know if it'll be free for online members. I think they would have touted that by now already. They said it'll be an eShop only. So maybe who knows? Maybe it'll be free if you have the expansion pack, the, the $50 a year thing. Who knows? But like watching that trailer, your Kirby, it's like a four player game where you're this big fat Kirby and you go through these crazy levels with food all over them and you try to eat the food and suck it up and get to the end and weigh yourself and whoever weighs the most kind of wins and it feels very very fall guysy meets almost like a racing game type deal so there's a lot of layers here it's cool it'll be a fun distraction I'm sure for a little bit and then I'll move on I'm, I'm interested it looks fun as hell but Nintendo has really missed the mark for me for the most part this year outside of legends arceus to begin the year and gen nine to end the year this whole middle of the year has been pretty dry for me i know that other people disagree with xenoblade and bayonetta and kirby and all this stuff there's strikers even missed for me for the most part like i had said pretty disappointing title i haven't played it in weeks i I just this year has kind of been a little empty as a nintendo fan they didn't give us the direct in june they're they're dripping out this stuff here in july every week and it's like who knows where they're going to go? Who knows what they're going to do? And it's a little, little, it's cool. It's a cool game. I don't want to take away from that, but it's a little dry time right now to be a Nintendo fan, at least the type of Nintendo fan that I am. Speaking of Bayonetta, Bayonetta three finally got its release date after five long years. Yeah, this game was uh, unveiled in, uh, 
I think it was E3 2017. I think Jesus. that's what, I think that's when it was. It might have been later, so maybe it's like four years. I can't. I cannot recall. Um, but yeah, they they announced this a while back, and they finally gave us a date. It's coming this year, October twenty eighth. So now you have Splatoon in September. I'm sorry, Xenoblade in July. August is I can't remember. Live Alive is or Live Alive. I say is July. Xenoblade's July. I can't remember what August is. Uh, maybe the Kirby game and some other stuff. You have Splatoon in September, this in no- October, Pokemon in November. So like they got some stuff, but again, Pokemon's the one for me. I'm I'm not really a Bayonetta guy. I'm not a weeb, and I don't thirst for that ass. So I'm gonna pass. <laughs> like that. that. Yeah. Coming out a day sooner, October twenty seventh. The Sega Genesis Mini Two is coming to North America. Yeah, the, the Mini 1 was a pile of shit because for whatever reason, Sega just does not make their mini consoles like Nintendo does with that same quality. There's always some weird sound issue or some sort of emulation issue, but they're going to give it the old college try. Yet again, 50 more new games that weren't on the Genesis 1, which is weird. I f- felt like there'd be a couple crossovers like Sonic and Streets of Rage, like the ones that you, you know are going to be there, but apparently they're going to give a whole new slate of games. And the cool part is they're giving you the six button Genesis controller, which was my preferred one as a child, not the three button. So there's going to be a lot more styles. I hope this is good. I really, really do. We don't know a single game yet. And I don't know if we will, because I don't know how much noise this thing is really going to make. Mm-hmm. I think Sega's big thing this year is Persona. And, I'm sorry, that's Atlas. Is um, is uh, Sonic Frontiers. I think that's really going to be the big thing this year. If it even hits this year, who knows? But the Genesis Mini 2, hey, if you're into mini consoles, here's another one for you to add to your collection. Shredder's Revenge has sold over a million copies, not counting Game Pass downloads. I love it. I mean, how can you not? You have, what, 14 of them, I think? So. Hey, I, I bought my one physical copy and I bought it digitally. I, hey, I got I thought you bought two it. physicals for the reversible cover. No, I, I just decided to hold off and, and just buy one. Again, I, I have it digitally. I, I could do everything, you know, and it'll 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 showcase very nicely. Yeah, it's a hell of a game. We've gushed about it enough. It's definitely going to be in the conversation come the end of the year. I love it. Congratulations to Tribute. Congratulations to Dotemu. A million copies with it being on Game Pass is a hell of an achievement. <laughs> achievement, Xbox. I, I loved it. I see what you did there. Sony is launching a loyalty program called PlayStation Stars later this year. And if you want to know what this is, think about it like if you are a My Nintendo subscriber or if you ever were back in like the Wii days or like the cool days where you'd sign up for this online service. And I mean online, not on the console, like an actual website. You go sign up, da da da, you make your name, you do fun missions on the website. You go click this and do this. And once a week you log in and you get your weekly challenges and you play a game and you register it to your, my Nintendo account and all this stuff. And you gain coins, platinum coins, gold coins. Then you can uh, trade those things in gold coins, gets you discounts off of games. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome. Platinum coins gets you these cool physical rewards. I have Mario 64 original posters. I have um, a Mario um 3d world keychain that i use right now so like there are really cool things calendars flip books all this stuff they're fucking 
there was a punch out game that was exclusive to my Nintendo rewards members. And that's kind of what you're getting here. PS plus subscribers will earn additional points to spend in the store. You get standalone games, DLC collectibles, and more monthly check-in campaigns, special rewards. Uh, if you get you know, the first person to get a platinum trophy in your area, like it's going to be this free to sign up kind of loyalty program, almost like you're going to a supermarket and you're getting the rewards card. It's kind of what this is. It's, Hey, I'm a PlayStation star. I need a reason to turn on that. Dust collecting. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I need a reason to turn on my PlayStation 5. And, and so this is another one of those things. If you're into like the trophy hunting and all that, this is just another thing for you to kind of gain your clout. You'll gain free stuff. Like I said, games and DLCs. And it's a really cool thing. I really don't know why they've waited this long, but better late than never. A little bit of breaking news here on the pod. I just happened to just open up my phone real quick just to see something. And I see... Nintendo buys animation studio forms Nintendo pictures. Yeah, that was uh like f- way earlier, like late last night or early this morning. Um, they did some Pikmin shorts and some other things and Nintendo bought them. I think it was, what was it? Dynamo dynamic pictures or dynamo pictures or whatever. Yeah. And they renamed them Nintendo pictures. So it's going to be cool. Uh, you know, they're going to, they're clearly wanting to branch out away from gaming and doing this Mario movies, giving them the old ball sack oh my, swing. Dude, you know what I mean? You get like a Lord of the Rings style Zelda movie on their day one. Yeah, but this is an animation studio. I mean, they're going to, this is going to be for the YouTube shorts, like the, the, the small little Pikmin series. Like they're going to do, you know, Pokemon drops those like origins type deals where they do, you know, seven episodes, 10 minutes a piece. And they just say, yeah, okay. Go, that's what this will be. I'm sure it'll be on their YouTube. I'm sure it'll be on whatever. And it'll be cool. Now, it could be, it could grow into bigger things. The Donkey Kong movie is rumored with Seth Rogen and all this stuff. So there's a possibility, especially that they renamed it. So this will be um, uh, uh, animated. But if, oh man, if Nintendo decided to go into like actual major motion pictures and they yes. did a Zelda series, that would yes. be a Zelda series on a streamer. Would I, I if I didn't own that streamer, I would subscribe to that streamer just for that show. That would be the most amazing thing, man. There was a you did you know that we were going to get a Netflix show, uh, Legend of Zelda, but Nintendo canceled it last minute. Yep, or yep. I shouldn't say last minute, but close to. I mean, maybe they're, they're, they they canceled it because of this pictures was kind of in early development and they want to work towards it, so it's under their picture company. So I could see it happen in a few years, a hundred percent. The new skate game from EA got some new details that might be a bit worrisome. For some, it depends on your play style. So it's a little bit of a tease. But the new skate game, it came out today, as a matter of fact, that that game is going to be free to play. It's going to be a service game. Uh, that's That can be scary for some. A live service game like Marvel's Avengers. like mm. you know, so So like something like that. Or even though Marvel's Avengers had to pay full price and then the live service part of it. This is free to play, so anybody can just jump in and skate, which is sick. Like, hey, if I was wanted to skate the main map and I have my standard character, I can go do that for free. That's great because I need a little bit of a distraction from Skater XL. It's been a month since I picked that game up. They just don't release any fucking content, and I've played every inch of every map. So I'm kind of just over it. I'm looking forward to the new skate stuff. But like game as a service, free to play. Okay, that tells me that they're going to charge you out the asshole for decks and for shoes 
and for shirts and hoodies and cosmetics and all that stuff. And so that's going to suck. I'm going to just use the normal standard deck or whatever deck comes free. Mm. You might have to pay for additional courses and or levels, and that could be a distraction and, and also frustration. But it's going to be cross-platform, so that's awesome. Like if I wanted to, if it goes to Game Pass, because EA Play is on Game Pass, a part of Game Pass. So maybe, just maybe, I can get it on Game Pass, and then boom, you know, somebody gets it on PlayStation, we can play together. So there are some details. I'm not a big live service fan. I don't like the thought of, like Halo Infinite sucks. (laughs) Like it's a free to play Mm -hmm. live service multiplayer that is just, it's not great. I mean, there's not a lot of content. So I'd, I'd need to see a content roadmap. And I need to see how much I would have to invest to get the full experience. I, I'd almost just rather pay my sixty or seventy dollars and just get my skate game. Uh, I don't know though; it's it's still a ways off, so a lot can change. Um, but you know me; I'm day one on this new skate oh. game. I love skateboarding games, without a doubt. And the last story we have in gaming: you can play MLB the Show for free right now on Nintendo Switch. Here's the catch. It's only for a week from the time you're hearing this episode. So 7.15 to I think 7.22. You can play it Mm. for free. So that's the full game completely unlocked. All of it. Shohei Otani and his greatness on your Switch. Now we have firsthand reports from our friend Anthony Pinto that the Switch version is a pile of dog shit. He returned it. Um, I hated the Switch version when they did that free tech test. I thought it sucked nutsack. But I haven't played it in a dog's age because I'm just kind of over it. Um, And I think it's cross save between console. If I can pick up my Xbox version of my season and start and continue it on my switch, if it runs better than four frames a second, I might just try it. But at the end of the day, it's only for a week anyway. It's on sale for, I think 20 or 30 bucks. So go pick it up if, if you have any interest, but I would advise you, please don't play this game on your Switch if you can avoid it at all. If you have Game Pass, it's there. Go try it there. If you have a PlayStation, obviously you can buy it. The game will be $10 in a few months. These sports titles just drop in price so fucking fast because there's one every year. But there's your there's your Switch update for the week. You can go play it. Uh, I have uh, some impressions on a record that I heard. Our friends at Big Picture Media sent it over to us. Thank you so much. To them, uh, we got Summer Sun, the only album uh, from Oak Rest. It's their debut album. It is uh, Oak Rest, all one word, O-A-K-R-E-S-T. Ten songs, just under a half hour. Came out July 8th. I wanted to, it was supposed to do this last week, but I wanted to give it a little bit more time in its Summer Sun before uh, talking about it. I don't like doing it on release day, even though I had the record like two months beforehand. Um, I just wanted to give it a little bit more time to, to, to sit and enjoy the record because what it reminds me of is like that wave of like 2007 to 2010 pop punky emo stuff like that. Every Avenue forever, the sickest kids, Friday night boys, um, even like all time low kind of feel to it Uh, a little bit different vocal style, but, um, I really do enjoy it. So if you're into that kind of mid 2000s, 2010 ish, almost pop punk kind of emo scene, this record is for you. Their first single off of it. Olivia is the first song on the record, leaves it off on a really good note. Nothing serious. Track number two is my favorite song on the record. And if you want a really good ender shed, my skin is a really good way 
to end a record that kind of perfect come down off of a high. I, I, I don't get high, but you get what I'm saying. Uh, I really do enjoy it. It's a really good record. I recommend it for anybody who's into the bands that I had previously mentioned, especially every Avenue. Um, like I said, that's kind of the band that stuck out to me the most. Again, not a one-to-one in terms of, of lyrics or vocal style, but for some reason it just sounded, it brought me back to that band for some reason. So I liked it a lot. I'm excited for you all to hear it. Oak rest, summer sun, Sam, bring us home with your weekly water. Weekly water this week is a game we both know and love. Ghost of Tsushima PS4 launch edition. Um, this is the last game I got from the, the beta from WADA. I have no, this is the last um, WADA game I have. So next week, I don't know if WADA is going to finish my other two games they have. If not, it will probably be a CGC spotlight, I think, next week. So maybe I'll actually use our buddy Neil's book because he actually gave me a few books for him to get graded. One for Reholder, and I think I'll maybe use that Reholder book that I'm looking at right now. But this week, we have Ghost of Tsushima. 9.6 a plus this is made in usa this is the launch edition this is the first print um i think there's like by now there's probably four i think four or five prints now between the steel book then they had the, the um just just the regular standard then they had the relaunch edition uh, this came out in 2020 this is probably one of my favorite games to come out in like the last 10 years this is an open world game Jin Sakai, you're on a samurai quest. And the first Mongol invasion of Japan. And this this game had everything I, I could want from a bow and arrow, samurai swords. My OCD took over. I had to take over the entire map. I couldn't stop. Iki Island from the, the PS5 version came out. Everything was beautiful. I this this is one of my, my favorite games ever. IGN gave it a 9 out of 10. Game Informer gave it a 9.5 out of 10. Metacritic for the PS. Uh, four version gave it an 83, and the PS5 gave it an 87. It's a little third-person action adventure. It As of January 2022, the game has sold over 8 million copies. Right now, there is actually a film development. Hopefully, we'll get that probably another year or two, or probably a little ways off. But from visuals, art direction, combat, world design, I absolutely loved it. I, I bought it on PS4. I bought it on PS5. I can't wait to watch the movie. I would I would love somehow a sequel comes because I, I truly love this. I, I I can't remember playing a game and picking up the paddle and not wanting to put it down. This game has everything. Make sure you play Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, uh, we're getting a sequel. Soccer Punch is making a sequel. We'll find about find out about that, I'm sure, next year is when I would guess. Yeah. But they're making a sequel. It's the third best game I've played. It's probably the technically the first or second best game I've played, but it's the third most fun I've had playing a game in the entire pandemic. So the past two and a half years, that is my third favorite behind just the last of us two and legends. So Mm. it's just a fantastic, 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 fantastic game. I wish my fucking trophies would have popped, but nonetheless still fantastic. We'll end the show in a little break in news. Uh, Again, this happens once a month. We get it all the time on Thursday nights at nine o'clock when we record, but Pokemon puzzle league is available now. That's not really the story. We said that a couple weeks ago on the pod, but here is the story. Nintendo made a follow-up tweet just 50 seconds ago. They have announced that now that all the games they originally announced for coming to N64 for their online service are out, they have announced more Nintendo switch games will be added 
to the Nintendo Switch Online expansion pack. Stay tuned for more details. So we know that this will live on. That's great. We'll continue to get one every year that that leaves hope for Goldeneye. It leaves hope for Goldeneye. And that's, I think, a good place to leave things. Thank you so much, everybody, for hanging out with us for episode 291. We're now eight away. Eight away from episode 300. I am very, very excited, very thankful you all for hanging out. We'll see you next week for episode 292. For Frodo.